This past Sunday, I had the chance to sit down with longtime friend Kat Roberts, owner and operator of the brand new Surface Float, coming here to Fredericton. As always, we chatted motherhood, life, business, and all the things in between. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I present to you Kat Roberts. Hey. Hey, I'm here. Awesome. So for everybody listening, I am joined today by Kat Roberts, a longtime friend of mine and the new owner-operator of Surface Float here in Fredericton. So it is a float tank center opening in February. So welcome, Kat. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this. Yeah, and we both have kids home today, which usually I don't record when there's kids home, so you might get some home background sounds, and that's just what it is. I kind of do a free flow, so. That's life, right? (laughs) Especially the life of moms. Um, Yes. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit more about Surface Float? I'm a bit familiar with it, but that's not necessarily the case for everybody listening. Of course. So flotation therapy is a relaxing, replenishing practice. You go into your own private room and you step into a tank that has water saturated in Epsom salts and you float. The room is sensory uh, reduced. So there is no light. There are soundproof rooms so that you really have no distractions and no interference. And when you are in that state, your mind effortlessly enters that meditative state that is so good for us. So it's, it's just good for your body because of the Epsom salts and the reduction of pressure and gravity on your body. And then the sensory reduced environment is so good for the mind to relax and just heal and restore because we're, you know, life is busy. We're often stressed. I mean, stress is a part of life. You can't really escape it. So going into this state, this environment is a way to hit the reboot button. And would you say stress is kind of what led you to opening this business? Because you and I have worked together before and you've done many things Um, around stress reduction and meditation and just helping people. But I kind of know some of the backstory. Would you say that's kind of what led? Uh, Yes, for sure. I think absolutely that was one of the the main reasons. And it, it all had to do with me hitting my rock bottom in my health and then figuring out what I needed to do, what I needed to change, what I needed to let go of. And what I needed to bring more of into my life to heal and get better. So in that journey, I really strengthened my meditation practice and became it, it became a part of my life. Where before, I feel like I knew the benefits. I knew the reasons why we should meditate. I kind of dabbled in it a little bit. But I never had committed to actually meditating on a daily basis. So now... I do that and meditation led to, for, led to me discovering floating and when I started floating, I realized that it removes some of the barriers that people have towards meditation. Meditation, mm-hmm. you need to really commit to it and you need to, it's not work but it is a practice, right? Where you need to show up and practice every, every day and stay with the breath and whatever method of, of meditation you're doing. 
Uh, and so when you're floating, I noticed how effortless it was to get into that meditative state. It's like, it just happened naturally. And so I got really excited about that because I've had clients tell me time in and time out, like, I'm, I can't meditate. I'm not good at that. You know, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, no matter what I would say, no matter how I would phrase it, like if you can breathe, you can meditate. Um, I'm just excited to offer floating because you enter that state. And so once you get a taste of what that feels like, I feel like it will be easier to achieve that when you're home in between, you know, your float sessions. Yeah. Yeah. And I know I've seen some questions, excuse me. I've seen some people lately as floating is becoming a little more popular are asking questions like, how does the water get cleaned? This isn't something that ever crossed my mind. And I think partly because I know you and your standards of hygiene and cleanliness. Yeah. Um, so I never questioned that your center would be anything less than pristine. But can you explain to people kind of what the deal is with the water saturation? Yeah. So <clears throat> there's a few components to consider with the water. The first is maintaining the the right amount of salt in the water, which is called specific gravity. So you want it to be at a point where you're completely buoyant when you're in, in the water, when we have, you know, people in there, but also not to the point where there's too much salt, where you start to get crystals on your skin. <laughs> right? <laughs> so we want that perfect balance. So that's the first thing to consider. The next thing is temperature. You want it to be temperature neutral. So that means that you won't really feel a difference between your body and the water. You'll be kind of the same. And that helps with, again, that sensory reduction component because you're not getting sensory input externally. And so it, it really allows you to feel like you're floating. And the most common way people describe it is in outer space, like that expansive, infinite space. And so we really want people to get there. So that temperature facilitates that. And in terms of cleanliness, we have standards that are set um, by the float tank association and um, we want to exceed those. So we're going to do testing on the water. We're going to make sure that after every appointment, the water is filtered through a uh, it's a 10 micron bag filter, which gets rid of small particles and debris and all that stuff. And um, it goes through a UV system as well to kill any potential germs that are in there. And it also is dosed chemically to, again, like that extra layer of, of protection. So the water is going to be cleaner than any pool you've ever swimmed in, like a million <laughs> times cleaner. So if, if you feel okay going into a pool, then the, the float tank is going to be a million <laughs> times cleaner than that. So the water's filtered after, so you're not laying in anybody else's water. No, absolutely not. <clears throat> I've heard that be the most common question as I've seen more people shared about it. Is just, well, I don't want to be in somebody else's water. And I'm like, I would literally lick cat's floors. Um, so <laughs> Gosh. I don't question that it would be dirty at all. Um, yeah. And, and one thing that I didn't mention is we have a requirement for anybody that's going to float. They need to shower before. Yes. So many, many studies. And, and I mean, when you go to a public pool, you're supposed to shower before you go in. Right. But har hardly anybody ever does. 
but that reduces the introduction of pretty much everything by it's dramatic, the difference between someone who enters uh, a pool uh, showered and someone who doesn't. So yeah, so showering before is, is probably the best thing that you can do to protect your water. Love it. Yeah. Um, and I know, again, these are things that I've seen kind of floating around and people I know that have tried float tanks outside of the city. Um, one person had mentioned about getting dizzy or spinning around and the claustrophobic feeling. So what's your kind of take on those things? So do you mean getting dizzy while they were in the float or after they came? Yeah, no, I think it was while she was in. So she, I think, kind of got turned around inside the float tank and couldn't tell which way she was facing because of that sensory deprivation. Exactly. And that, that can happen. It is a little disorienting for sure, especially your first time when you're just getting the the feel for what it's like to float and have that sensory reduction. The mind will definitely take you places because it's, it's new, right? It's a new experience. So it's trying to analyze everything and sit and, and keep you safe. Right. So we have that protective mechanism, which is oftentimes the thing that prevents us from trying new things. But once you're in there, the, the tanks are not so big that you're going to be spinning and spinning around. Like there's no way right. that you can actually spin around. Right. So it's, it's just, <laughs> it's just a perception. It's your mind trying to make sense of what's happening and trying to analyze, I guess, the feeling of that expansiveness of being in outer space. So to anyone that hasn't tried floating before, who's going to try it, I would just say, go with it and, and relax and just let the sensations kind of come and don't panic. Don't try to like say, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to, I don't know where I am. What's happening? (laughs) You're still in the tank. I promise you, you're not going anywhere. You're safe. And if you ever get disoriented, you can just turn the light back on. The button is at hand's reach. Yeah. If you can't find it, just, you know, feel around a little bit and um, and you'll find it. Like they're big buttons, so <laughs> you'll be okay. But um, at any point, you can sit right up, right? Like you can just – like the water is only 10 or 11 inches deep. It's not deep at all. So you can sit right up get oriented again and then settle back in if, if there ever does come a point where you are starting to feel a little out of control. Yeah. But part of the experience is that release, right? That sense of releasing and letting the water hold you. So I would just encourage people to really just let go and enjoy the experience because you are not going to feel like that anywhere else. Yeah. And you had mentioned that you have a few different types of pods too. Yeah, so we have four uh, tanks going in. Two of them are what we call open pools, which means they don't have a lid. They are just open. And those are, I guess, going back to your original question about claustrophobia, I didn't touch on that yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are going to be good for people who might feel like they have that sense of claustrophobia. And it removes that barrier because there's no lid to close. You're, You're quite in an open area, like there's still privacy and there's still a a sense of having a sense of safety and cocooning, but there's no enclosed space around you. So those are our two um, open pools. And then we have two pods, which are the kind that have the lid. You go in and you lay down and you close the the lid. Um, And so those are for people who just want that sense of 
being inside a little, a little pod. It's kind of like a little, I don't know, a womb. A womb. Yeah. yeah, exactly. We both <laughs> thought of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because one, one cool thing that, that a lot of people don't think about is we are all floaters. We've all floated. We just don't remember because when we're growing in our mom's belly, in our, in, in our womb, we're floating, right? Yeah. We're in, we're bathed in liquid. We're surrounded by a sensory reduced environment. The sounds that we do hear, the, the <clears throat> sensory kind of things that are coming in are internal, right? We're hearing our mom's heartbeat. We're hearing our mom's noises in, in her belly and, and all that stuff. But everything else is muffled. Everything else is distant and, and far away. Yeah. So it's, it's, a very, it's a very deep sensation of like coming home, of coming back to your origin. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah, it's really neat. So was there any, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of getting back into my more classic questions. Was there any indication when you were a child that this is kind of where your path would lead to you? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, there's probably, I know you call them little breadcrumbs and I love that. I <laughs> that's a really, really good way to, to see it because I guess looking back at my life, there definitely are little clues or breadcrumbs along the way. I've always had a fascination with the ocean and ocean life, um, ocean mammals in particular, just the way that they're so playful and so free and so nurturing with their their babies. Yeah. And so that has always been um, a loving point for me. And I just, I want to embody that. And the ocean itself is so nurturing and so grounding and so healing. I love going to the beach and just putting my feet in the water and letting the waves ripple over them and feeling the sand. Like there's just something about salt and ocean and that smell. So I guess in a way that could be a clue because you know, what are we doing? Even though it's not the same kind of salt, like it's not saline, it's right. It's healing, you know, it's water and you have a better floating experience. Like you can try to float in, in a regular ocean, but it's hard. You still have to put some effort into staying afloat, yeah. <laughs> but in, in this kind of, um, you know, water saturation, it's, it's effortless. You just float and there's no sinking no matter how hard you try. And I love that. Um, yeah. And so I guess leading, you know, then there came, as I became like a young adult, there came the, the, you know, tasting of yoga and meditation and, and over time that deepened and, and now it's, it's a big part of my life, like meditation and, and yoga practice on and off the mat and just the spirituality component. It's, it's, it's a, really an evolution and I don't think there was one defining thing that said, you're going to do this. It was just um, my purpose became clearer and clearer as my life went on and as I went through different things. And the biggest thing I think that culminated in, in where I am today is uh, getting sick myself and yeah. asking what, you know, what the hell am I doing? Like, what is my purpose? <laughs> and yeah. besides being a mother, which... I value and see as, you know, my ultimate purpose. I wanted more than that for my life. And I think your listeners definitely could relate to that. I think we were looking for, you know, what else we're here to do? What legacy are we here to create and leave behind? And for me, it's, it's always come down to helping others. That's a big 
component of my, um, I guess, archetype or personality, however you want to call it. Yeah. <clears throat> the nurturer and the, the caretaker, I guess. Um, but not at the expense of my own well-being. And that was a boundary that I had to learn. Yeah. And, and so for yeah. anybody that might not be familiar, Kat and I met through kind of doula work. Mm -hmm. And Kat was, I think, pretty well known in the city for that. So I think it's really cool that she's now basically created a womb-like experience for adults, for other people. Oh, um, that's a really cool way to say it. Yeah. 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 It's kind of a neat way to see that evolution. I mean, you're still, in my opinion, kind of working in that space. Um, yeah. It's yes. Kinda, it's, it's never, cool. it's never going to leave me. I, that's something that I'm going to hold yeah. uh, dear to my heart. I love the transformation of like that transformation we go through during pregnancy and motherhood. And it just, it's so powerful. And I think that we need to do more with that and nurture those people that are going through that and floating is a perfect way to get that grounding and that sense of balance because you can float when you're pregnant and it's actually really good for you. Um, oh, that yeah. would be a really cool experience. Yeah. Not only for your body because you, you can get rid of a lot of aches and pains, but also just for the mind. Right. And a lot of, uh, moms, report that they were able to connect with their baby on such a deep level during their floats because they can hear like the baby swishing around in there and they can he sometimes even hear the the heartbeat, which oh I gosh. think would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Can I go back and be pregnant just for that experience? <laughs> Not really. But... <laughs> How badly do you, would you want it? <laughs> Not badly enough. <laughs> but where was this when I was pregnant? Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, that I is hear so you. cool. Okay. So next question, what does success mean to you? Yeah. So if you had asked me that probably like five or 10 years ago, I probably would have associated it with, you know, uh, financial freedom or financial gains. But Absolutely. yeah, now that's, that's it. That is certainly a part of it. But now I really just want to feel fulfillment and, and to, to, to be happy and joyful. That to me is success to be able to do the things that I want to do and feel f that I'm free to do so. Yeah. Um, it's, that's a huge one. Also, I feel like getting rid of or eliminating or getting free from the shackles of limiting beliefs is a huge, huge factor of being successful. There are so many people that are still bound by limiting beliefs that they don't even realize they have. And I still find myself working through some of them too, like thinking, oh my gosh, look at that right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta shine the light on that. Um, it's, again, it goes back to that evolution, right? That, that evolution of the self, of the soul, and just letting go of a lot of that baggage because it just stops you from, from trying things and doing things and fulfilling your, your, your deep, you know, those core dreams that you've had since you were maybe even a kid, you know? Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because last night I noticed myself going into a story, something had happened. It 
was a trigger response. And I was actually able to just step back and bear witness to the story that was playing out. And I was like, oh, where's that coming (laughs) from? Oh, where's, you know, and you just kind of watched the story build and tie in all these emotions. And it's uh, it's always interesting when you can take that kind of outsider perspective on your own stories. Yes. And the key to being able to do that is that self-awareness, right? Of, of knowing that you are not that story. You are not, that, that story is not a reality, right? Like it's created by your, your thoughts. Yeah. And, and it's hard to do that when you, when you don't practice being the observer of the thoughts, which is what you get when you meditate. Right. Yeah. So it, it kind of all ties in really well. And so I feel like floating is, is a way that you can up-level that and get there maybe a little sooner because it's a <laughs> little bit – yeah, it's easier to get to that point of like being that self-aware, right? So floating is basically meditation on steroids. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how do you balance what you want to do with what you have to do as a woman and a mother? Well, with a lot of practice and a lot of deep breaths, <laughs> yeah. um, it's taken, it's taken time for sure to get to a place where I feel <clears throat> I can maintain that sense of, of well-being in myself without sacrificing my dreams or, or what I want to do. Because the reality is as a mother, especially, you still have to do all the things like Nobody yeah. takes over that and nobody should take over that. You're still a mom, right? Yeah. Um, and especially if you want to be the kind of mom that is involved in their kids' lives and, and is creating memories with them and, and a sense of home for them that even when they're grown up, they know they can come back to you, right? If, if they need a hug or if they need that support, right? So that's the kind of mom I want to be. I want them to go off and be adults, but always know that they have a home base <clears throat> to, to come back to. And so to do that, I, I need to be there for them. I need to create that relationship with them. I need to show up for them. And it's hard when you're a working mom to, to do all the things. There have, been, there have been times when I feel like I failed them and you know I say I'm going to pick them up at a certain time and then something comes up and I'm running a bit late. They notice. They're like, you didn't come when you said you would. <laughs> and then, of course, you feel the guilt and you think, oh, gosh, I'm a terrible mother. <laughs> what, what am I doing? But but really, we're, I've gotten to the point where, um, again, that self-awareness, I see the guilt and I'm like, no, I'm not going to engage with that. That's just mm. going to bring me down. And I just, I just have a conversation with them. I say, yep, I know. Sorry, guys. You know, apologize and just reconnect with them. Um, and most of the time they're fine. Like, I don't think that they hold on to things and carry them on, but it it is, it's a, it's definitely a balancing act and you have to just keep checking in with yourself and saying, am I in alignment with, with myself and, and the kind of life I want to have, the kind of person I want to be, am I working from that place? And so if there's ever no alignment, it's a time for me to to step back and say, okay, what do I have to, to do? I, do I need a break? Do I need to scale down on some things or yeah, it can nope. just look, it's different, right? In whatever situation, but it's a constant checking in and a constant, um, 
place of, of being, of coming from, from that wholeness, right? Not working from a place of trying to prove a point or meet expectations that are unrealistic or have like, you know, that sense of, I need to be perfect. I need to do it all. I need to handle it all. So there's a lot of asking for help. I have awesome support in my life. My parents just moved to town this past summer. So they're here now. It's easier to, to ask for help if I need it. Yeah. And I love that. One thing I've always admired with your motherhood is you've never hesitated to bring your humanness into your motherhood. Um, which I think might be different than I know how I was raised where it was kind of very authoritative. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't, like you say, engage in that mother guilt, which I think is so important for every woman and every mother to hear is that we mm-hmm. have another option. We don't have to, you know, become victim to those stories. Yeah. And trust me, I wasn't always like that. Like the guilt is, is a huge sabotager or saboteur, however you say it. Yeah. Um, it, it just can, it can wreak so much havoc and cause so much negativity. And so that was one of the big things that I recognized that needed to, to change when I was healing and getting better <clears throat> a couple of years ago. It was like, it's the guilt. I need to let, let that not be a part of what makes me decide things and what guides my actions. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Um, so what gift do you think you're giving to your kids by allowing them to see you do what you love? And I'll give you a second here if you need a drink, because Kat is so gracious to join us today, <laughs> even though she has a cold. Well, I know this, it's that like the tail end of the cold and I just have that stupid tickle in my throat. <laughs> it's all good. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I, I think about that a lot actually, because when I, when I'm about to do something that's big and it's going to affect everybody in my, in my life. I think, how is this going to be looked back on, you know, in five, 10, 20 years, is this going to be something that uplifted us and, and helped us? Or is it going to be something where we're like, Oh God, you know, I can't believe mom did that. <laughs> oh, that just gave me chills. I love that. <laughs> so that's a, that's a big one. And I, I, I didn't really realize that I was doing that until you kind of prepared me with what questions you were going to ask. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's a good question. So I think it's just, um, it's thinking what is, what is going to be um, our, for our highest good, right? I can't mm. phrase that properly. What no, action will lead to, to everyone's, you know, Betterment. well-being and yeah, exactly. And so I think I'm teaching my kids that, First of all, it's okay to make mistakes because there have been a lot of times when I've tried something or I wanted to do something, it didn't work out. And we call them failures. Yeah, sure, that's fine. But failures does not necessarily need to mean that it was a bad thing because we're learning something from it. So that's that's one thing. Um, also, that in following my dreams, I am such a different – like there's a – a woman, um, I can't remember her name right now. Um, putty like is her handle, I think on social media. Okay. And she, she talks a lot about like being a multi-potentialite, like having more than one passion and more than one interest and your career or your work or whatever, it doesn't have to be one thing that you do. Yeah. And so I've had such an evolution of different things and 
a lot of people have said, why well, can't, you know, you do so much. Aren't you exhausted? <laughs> like, like, how do you do all, all these things? And I, I just think, no, that's what fills me up. That's what fills my cup. I don't want to be constricted to just one, one job, right? Yeah. For the rest of my life. I like to try different things. I like to learn different things. And when it's time to be done something, I move on to the next passion that I have. Yeah. And so <clears throat> that's, that's huge for, for kids to, to see that because, you know, society is still kind of stuck on the path that you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job, and then you work until you retire, <laughs> right? Like that's such a thing that's ingrained in, in our in our upbringing that yeah. it's hard to break free of that. It's hard to see the different ways to to make an income and and to to have a to make a living, right? To live your life. It's so really that's. Yeah, that's it's really cool thing. that your kids are getting both of that because your husband did go to school and stick with kind yeah. of what he studied in. And you have a degree in something that, you know, it might play into some of what you do, but I don't think it's necessarily, you know, you didn't go to school and stick with that one thing. And I think it's really important yeah. to see it's okay to let it evolve. And I think so many people get, like you said, stuck or suffocated trying to stick to that one model or that one version. It's okay to let it fall away and let something else come into yeah. its place. Yeah. And what's, what's actually even more huge is that even what, people who are on that career path, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Not at I all. Think it, I think it's important that they, like when I was, you know, thinking that I had to do that, I would have loved to have someone say, you can still do the other things like yeah. as a side gig, right. Yep. Or like as a, as a, a, a hobby or whatever the word is, like you can still fulfill that aspect of yourself. Cause obviously it's there for a reason. It's there because it's calling to you, right. From the, the depths of your soul. It's like, this is like your passion. Um, so we got to listen to that or else, you know, we'll find ourselves how I found myself rock bottom feeling like, you know, I wasn't going to make it. And then thinking, okay. And sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need that huge wake up call um, yeah. because we've ignored the, the little whispers over, <laughs> over the years. Yep. But, um, but yeah, I think, so that's, that's big. And I know my kids are going to carve their own path and, and maybe the lessons that I've, that I've thought that I've taught them won't stick and that's okay. They'll learn them on their own. But again, it just comes back to, they can come back and say, mom, I need you, you know, what, what, what can I do here? Or what do you suggest? And just them knowing that they have somewhere to, to come home and get advice or just have someone listen to them if they just need to vent, you know? Mm. I've always admired your parenting that way. Um, what does living a soul led life mean to you? Yeah. Well, I guess it just, it ties back into that, right? Like following those that communication that we're constantly getting it. And it, it's just a matter of whether we, we are okay with listening to it. First, we have to give it permission and yeah. then give like ourselves permission to listen to it because sometimes it, like when we listen to it, we know that it's going to be like life shattering if we, yep. if we do the things that we're getting called to do, right? Like yep. it's going to be something massive that will change our lives. And sometimes it's just little things like little course adjustments here and there that we just need to, to, to take. So that's, that's the first thing is, is giving yourself permission to listen. And then the next step is having the courage to take the step. Yeah. And, and that's hard. It's hard. 
but it is. And I think it's okay if that's not linear. And if you take oh, the yeah. step and then come back. Um, Absolutely. It's a constant cycle, right? Yep. Because <laughs> every decision that we make just creates a new reality. Like every moment is creating a new reality. Every thought that we have, every step that we take, every action that we, that we embark on is, is like adjusting, right? It's constantly adjusting our future. And so, yeah, sometimes like our, our whispers will, our soul talk will change, right? But um, like the, the wisdom is there and that's a hard thing to tell people when they haven't experienced it or they don't think they have experienced it. Yeah. I'm sure you find that too in your coaching practices when you tell people like, you already know the answer. You just have to dig down and, and listen to it. They're like, no, yeah. I don't. Why do you think I'm here? <laughs> I the need you it, to tell me. <laughs> yeah. The way that it came to me one day was that when you say, I don't know, it's that you're saying no and O oh to what your soul, K-N-O-W-S. So you're yes. saying no to what your soul knows um, yes. for many reasons, but that's usually all that I don't know means. You do yeah, know. It's, and, yeah. Yeah. It's those limiting beliefs filtering it for you. Yeah. Right? It's like, yes, I know the answer, but oh crap, if I do that, then it means this, 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 this. And I don't really think I can do that. <laughs> right. It, I see it sometimes like a choose yeah. your own adventure book. I don't know if you remember yes. those from when we were kids, but yeah. Totally. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so what advice would you have for other women and moms who are trying to justify following those nudges over the norm? Like if they've had one career path and there's something that's kind of coming in and those niggling feelings, what suggestions would you have or advice? Wow. Well, I guess I don't want to come across as like I'm giving advice because I'm still figuring shit out too. Absolutely. <laughs> But I think based on my experience, I think the biggest thing is loving yourself first because you can't receive the love and support you're going to need to pursue your passions and your purpose if you don't love yourself and support yourself first. Yeah. So that would be a big one. And one little anecdote from my life that just popped into my head right now is one day I was so frustrated. I was getting supper ready and I was calling the kids to come down to eat and nobody was listening to me. It was like I was just calling empty space and <laughs> there was nobody paying attention. And I just got so frustrated, you know, like, you know, the story started in my head, like I've been cooking for an hour and it's ready, it's warm and it has to be perfect. Like it's all set, the table set and nobody's <laughs> coming and I kept saying like, why doesn't anybody listen to me? Why doesn't anybody listen to me or pay attention to me? And then it hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't listen to myself. I don't yes. pay attention to myself. How can I expect that in my life from others if I'm not yeah. giving it to myself? So that was, yeah. that was a huge wake up moment for me. And that's the day that I started practicing to respect myself, to listen to myself, to really actually do it. Yeah. And it was a game changer. So yeah, I think that's like a soul led life is it's a constant practice. And by practice, I mean that there are days where it will feel in alignment and it will flow. 
and you'll feel like I got it figured out. And then there are days where it's harder and you feel like nothing's in alignment and things just aren't working out, but that you continue with it, right? You don't give up. Yes. And you just keep coming back to it and keep strengthening that self-awareness and, and that self-love. I love it. That's been one of my biggest, I think realizations and point of change is just noticing every time something isn't what I want it to be is noticing where am I not giving that to myself? And I think it's so important to recognize that the outside really truly like it or not is a reflection of the Mm -hmm. inside. Yep. It, It really is. And it's hard to, to acknowledge that it's hard to start believing that you're the creator of your reality. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we could talk about that for a whole other hour, (laughs) but it's, (laughs) it is, it's really hard. But once you do, your life starts to change completely for the better. Yeah. And you have power, right? You don't no longer feel powerless to the outside Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what is next for you and surface float? So we are, still in construction, which is going excellent. It's going really well. We're on schedule to open in February, later in February, and we're going to be announcing the date soon. We're waiting to get finalization on some details of when our pods are going to arrive from, they're on their own floating journey across the ocean. (laughs) So once we have that, I'll feel more comfortable with saying, okay, they're going to be here and we can open this day. Yeah. Because um, it would suck if I set a date and we're like, actually, we're not ready. <laughs> but that's construction, right? I mean, there's no definites in building something of this magnitude. Yeah. But so, yeah. So keep uh, keep an eye out for that. And we're just going to have a lot of awesome things. We, we're going to ha- – we have a studio. So if there's ever any workshops or pop-up classes that, you know – people would like to host at, at, in our space. We're going to be offering that space for rent. Yeah. And um, I'm just really excited about that because it's also a way for me to kind of conglomerate all my passions yeah. and like have that offering. Um, yeah. And I think it's just, it's, it, my life is going to be a, like super different in, in a month's time. Like I'm going to be, um, working at surface float initially, I'm going to be there every day and just kind of welcoming people in there and figuring out the best way to, to do everything. Right. Cause I mean, I can plan it out in my head and visualize how it's all going to go. And then until it's actually happening is when you can really see it if it's working or not. Yeah. And I know you guys were recently, excuse me, recently looking for a massage therapist. Have you found your person yet? Well, we have interviews booked this coming week. So I'm hoping that, um, everyone, like everyone that we've been contacted by sounds lovely and I'm just excited to actually meet them in person. So yeah, stay tuned for that too. We'll, we'll make an announcement once we hire, uh, who's joining our team. Awesome. And finally, where can people find you? So we're, where we have a website, which is surfacefloat.com. And that has a lot of awesome information and a, a big FAQ page too. And um, we also have a Facebook page, which is Surface Float Center all together. And we are on Instagram too, at uh, surface underscore float. And don't forget your own podcast. Oh gosh, I always forget <laughs> about that. 
Because it's new. Yeah. So we have a podcast that um, I just started a few weeks ago, and that is on Spotify and all the places. I don't even know all the places right now, but you can find it on Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few spots. Yeah. And And it is? It's called Surfaced. Yeah. With a D at the end. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to have it be like a float kinship kind of place where we can, once we get people floating, I'd love to interview people. Like if you want to be one of them, I'd love to have you on it. Cause oh, that'd be amazing. Like just to, to kind of document your first floating experience and share with people, you know, what it was like and what you, you felt like and what benefits you experienced. You know, I'm always game for something like that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And this was so fun because usually we don't hear from each other on weekends. We're busy with our own families. So thank it's you. always nice to yes. reconnect. Thank you for, for making time for today. And while the snow is falling like crazy out there, so it was kind of a nice, cozy thing to do. It totally was. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, have a great rest of your weekend and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye.